Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Put down the sports page and listen is a good one. Let's put a star next to that. We've got these new rejoins we've been playing, and we're trying to figure out what we like and don't like. Because what they do is they just say, like, it's Grant and Danny with the big voice guy. Uh-huh. And then I don't know what or how or why, but they just pick random other things. But it's not like heavy pop culture stuff. It's not like funny lines from Anchorman or anything. Just random stuff, and I don't know where it comes from, where it's like, I like fried chicken or, like, that's a tasty... That's a tasty burger or something. Candy, yeah. So know? I've recognized one on the station... That plays for JP and B Mitch, where it's Creed from The Office going, I'm enjoying the debate. Two great minds battling it out. I recognize that one. I've never recognized any of the other ones that play for the Junks or for us or for, even for uh, JP and B Mitch. Do we have a bunch of them here that you could just play for us? Like, do you know where the folder is, Darius? Uh, I don't. And the way it's set up, it's in a rotation. So like, if, I, yeah. if I play it right now, I don't know which one it'll play. Okay. I mean, I could try. Well, do me a favor for later in the show. I just want you to compile the new ones. And we'll go through and we'll go, yes, no, maybe. All right. Sounds good. I'll do that. Into that. Yeah. A couple of them I heard, I was like, what does that what even mean? What does that mean? even mean? You know, and, and we don't, it, it, if it's provocative and it gets the people moving, that's fine. <laughs> but also, like, I could give you so many good little lines and I could just send them to someone that are funny, that are from movies or shows or that relate to us, that are just like pop culture things that everyone notices. But then some of these, I'm just like, they did they record, did they go to a mall and just ask a lady to say something? Is that how this worked? Like, who's, who's saying those things? Yeah, I'm with you. We are Grant and Danny. We are back. You are listening to the fan. So, Danny, you have not yet commented on this. You were sick, and that's why Eric that's why he's here. signed with the Commanders to be their OC on Friday. What do you think? I was, I was going to say that I was stunned by the response, but I'm not. I get it. I've seen a few folks, and whether we'll talk about LaShawn McCoy's comments here in a moment. But even a few folks here, I heard some of the shows and various folks kind of discussing this, expressing some doubt or expressing some kind of, you know, any kind of associated negativity. And, and there seems to be some consternation, the same questions that has plagued Eric Bieniemy, uh throughout his recent career of how much exactly was he calling the plays? Was Andy Reid doing it? But I think everyone who is upset in any way or who's criticizing this anyway 
are missing the point. And as usual, GP, I am not missing the point. I'm over here with the salient viewpoint on this. This is wonderful. There is a no downside home run of a move, and it has been made here by your Washington franchise landing Eric Bieniemy. Allow me to present my arguments. Number one, if it let's say he's not good. What happens? The offense is bad? Check. This is a post occupied by Scott Turner for three years. This is a post, if it weren't for Eric Bieniemy, would be occupied by, by uh, a Zampezi or a Shermer or somebody else that's a retread in the last throws of Ron Rivera's uh, underwhelming regime before a new owner, hopefully knock on wood, comes in and blows everybody out. If it doesn't work, that's probably good, to be honest with you. Great time for a reset. Get me a top pick. Let's start anew with everybody high-priced and kick-ass. If it does work... Yay! A hyper-qualified person that should not be available. Eric Benemy should be a head coach. He probably should have gone through one cycle of head coach. Maybe it didn't work out. Maybe he got fired as a head coach. He 100% should have already been a head coach. He shouldn't be available. He is. Take advantage. Stop asking questions. You take advantage. The third point, uh, point rather, and I don't think you even are on board with this part, and to me, this is my most important part of this. Washington ain't cool. The commanders is the least cool thing you can be. Washington is bad. They are toxic. They are the guy that threw up on himself at 8 p.m. at the at the party where everyone else is dressed in a tux. And they're the guy that's got his shirt off and is hitting on a cocktail waitress. We are a disaster. Eric Bieniemy's cool. Eric Bieniemy is the is the the darling of every person that pens a column all across the country every year pointing out everything that's wrong with the NFL and systemic this and everyone's bad that and whatever. Eric Bieniemy is beloved. Again, a couple of people who are now at Chirpin notwithstanding. Washington needs cool points. Washington needs a better rep. Washington needs some perception is reality. It's going to go a long way when Eric Bieniemy comes here. And if he thrives, we're the ones that saw it. Washington saw it. The other GMs who wanted a 35-year-old who, who knows Sean McVay and has a flat top uh, with, uh, with uh, some product in his hair, they passed Washington didn't pass. They're the ones that saw Eric Bannemi's potential, promoted him, gave him more responsibility than he previously had, and he thrived there. Washington is cool. Don't you want to go somewhere where it's cool? No longer paying the loser tax, getting us out of the a toilette, out of the basement. Thank you. Now, if, again, if Eric Bannemi doesn't work, no problem. We have the, one of the worst offenses in the sport since the year 2000 across multiple regimes. Statistics prove that, by the way. They were, they've been a disaster for multiple years. If it doesn't work, who cares? If it does work, great. This is a no-downside, excellent, wonderful move. It should be met with celebration. I yield. Yeah, I'm not sure if I would say no-downside because if it doesn't work and it, it, it goes badly, it, it's a lot more money number one, than Scott Turner would have been. So you're paying him probably at the peak of offensive coordinator money in the NFL. Uh, If it doesn't work for Washington, it also means the end of this regime, which for you and I might not be a downside. And that's how I'm viewing it, yeah. We're impartial and don't really care whether it's this crew or the next crew that, that wins, but that is a downside to the move for the commanders. I mean, there is some question as to whether or not on his own He's going to be able to to do some of the things that we've seen done in Kansas City. But I do think it's a very limited downside. I'll agree there. And I thought this was a no-brainer. I mean, I got to talk about this all day on Friday by myself. Um, Most people listening right now may not have been then. We can re-legislate and go back through a lot of my takes. But the bottom line is, this is an absolute 
1,000% no-brainer for the Commanders. I asked on Friday, is this a baseball parlance, single, double, or a homer of a higher? My thought is that this is probably a home run. So maybe it's a double, triple, extra base hit, something like that, just because you're not sure if he's as good as is being advertised and sold because he's only ever worked alongside Andy Reid. But this is what teams like Washington should do. Teams like the Commanders, mm-hmm. who are not good and don't win, and on offense are actually really bad, should go to the best offenses and get the highest-ranking official you can lure away. Normally, an offensive coordinator is not leaving laterally to be your offensive coordinator. This isn't technically lateral because, number one, he was an assistant head coach in title with the contract that he got here, which he didn't have in Kansas City. But number two, he's now calling plays. So even if he wasn't an AHC, just by calling plays here when he's not doing it there, it's no longer a lateral move. Coordinators don't leave places like Kansas City to come to places like Washington to work for people like Dan Snyder. It doesn't happen. And when they do come from a place like a Kansas City, a winning environment, it's because they get to be a head coach. For everyone that's worried about, well, is Biennemi going to be good? And what if he's not? And is this all Andy Reid? You didn't hire him to be a head coach. That's where it would be a, a, a risk. That's where you'd be jumping into the deep end and, and you might sink because you don't know if he can coach or not. As a head coach, he's never done it. As a coordinator, to your point, the worst that can be happening this season is they'll struggle. They've already been doing that. And they're comparably as bad as they've been, where they've been bottom five in the league two of the last three years. That's the floor here. And the ceiling is so high that the the juice is worth the squeeze. The risk is well worth it, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, But when you're looking for a GM, you're Washington. Line up the best five teams in the league. Go get their assistant GM. You're looking for a coordinator. Line up the best five teams in the league and go get the right-hand man, the person behind that offense. This is the type of hiring that you should do. So for these reasons, I think this is an absolute no-brainer. And now we'll see how good the enemy is. He's going to get a chance to prove his worth, to prove himself, and to prove that he really does deserve to be a head coach. The last thing I'll say is he shouldn't be available. Yep. He should have been a head coach in the league based on his successes. The fact that he's not is pretty stunning, and is unprecedented, frankly. You're a coordinator of an offense that is ranked first, fifth, second, second, and first over the last five years in yards per play. The league's about passing. Your passing offense has ranked first, 11th, fifth, fourth, and first. On average, the number two yards per play offense and the number four passing offense in the league over your five years as a coordinator, and you haven't gotten a job that doesn't happen in this league. His situation is unique. The circumstances are rare and odd because normally you're not a coordinator who never calls plays, who basically just kind of does what the head coach asks of you as extra to what they're doing. But I'll repeat something I've said a lot. The last two guys before him who had the same responsibilities got head coaching jobs pretty quickly. One of them has won a Super Bowl as a head coach. The other was a coach of the year already at one point as a head coach before getting fired. I don't understand how anyone could look at this from a commander standpoint and not think that this is a huge deal for them to have gotten him. The last thing that needs to be acknowledged is we thought it was Shermer or Zampezi, man. This is my point. We really did sit here on the show. I'll speak for myself and say the favorites are Pat Shermer. Out of work. 
and Ken Zampezi, who was already here with the bad offense the last couple of years. If Zampezi's still here as the Sam Howell whisperer and the quarterback's coach, great. Familiarity, awesome. You were going to elevate him to an OC job he had for about a month in Cincy the last time he was calling plays before he got fired when they hadn't scored a touchdown yet. You ended up with Eric Bieniemy. To your point, a star, a name, a cool kid who gets behind the, the velvet rope. It's a no-brainer for Washington. Now, it's not nearly as much a no-brainer, I'd say, for Bieniemy. We could get into his side of it here in a second. Bill's in Clinton, Maryland. What's up, Bill? Hey, Bill. Yes. You're on the radio. Hello? Go ahead. Oh, I'm calling about uh, the the enemy. I think it's a uh, a great uh, hire, and I love it. I think uh, the uh, commanders are in a great position uh, for next year. Uh, if we, we save a lot of money, keep the young quarterback that we have, give him a chance, and take the money that we will spend on a, a used-up quarterback and, and use that to get some great linemen and your phone's breaking Appreciate up. Sorry, you, buddy. Yeah, but he's talking off-season plan as well. But just to be enemy specifically here, GP, just to, to the the concerns expressed or reservations expressed, I, I just I marvel at them, and and not in a positive way. I'm sitting there going, what is like how small of a of a microscope are you going to look under for the potential fault here? Back up about five feet. Look to your left. Look to your right. It was going to be Ken Zampezi or Pat Shermer, probably. One of the other guys that has taken up a, a, a quality control coach job in college. The other guys are sort of not really factors anywhere else in the league either. This was going to be yet another underwhelming hire. Would you rather have Scott Turner to keep at it? If you're like at all, again, any kind of reservation here, I, I don't understand it. I don't. I don't get the thinking. If you're worried that you know this really was Andy Reid's show, okay, cool. I, I don't care about that. So I could understand it if they hired him as their head coach, right? Because what I hear a lot of from the people who you're referencing, tweets or otherwise, is we think we know better than all these teams all the time. Why did 16 teams interview him and not give him the job? Now we're giving him the job. No, you're not. The 16 teams that interviewed him and decided not to hire him, they were interviewing him for a head coaching job, not a coordinator job. If he was trying to get a coordinator job, he would have gotten the coordinating job time and time and time again, every time he interviewed probably. The coordinator job was not what was up for grabs. It was the head coaching jobs he was trying to get. Mm -hmm. This is a longtime annoyance of mine. I saw this with Nathaniel Hackett getting the OC job with the Jets. Nathaniel Hackett, really good offensive coordinator with the Packers. Aaron Rodgers loves him. Aaron Rodgers doesn't love anybody but Aaron Rodgers, right? Based on the job he did with the Packers, he leaves and goes to Denver to be the head coach. And he is very bad at being a head coach of the Broncos. We learned that. Unprepared, incapable of getting plays in before delay of games. Used timeouts poorly. I mean, it was a failure of a hire. He bombed out. The Jets have since brought him in as their OC now under Robert Sala, their head coach. People killed the hire because of how bad he was as a head coach in Denver. 
are we forgetting how many coaches are really good coordinators that aren't good head coaches? It's a great OC hire to bring in Nathaniel Hackett after he has head coaching experience now. And similarly with Biennemi, the two have almost nothing in common. For people that are worried, well, he just keeps doing these interviews and not getting the job for another position. He is overqualified to have gotten this position probably. He shouldn't be interviewing for coordinating jobs. And by the way, let's say that somehow, some way, it's a failure, okay? And it was all Andy Reid all along, and he's just a passenger who was lucky to be in the room. Then for one year, your offense scuffles. Again. Everyone gets replaced next offseason. Ta-da. Your new head coach is bringing in your new offensive coordinator and your new defensive coordinator, and your new GM is holding a press conference to introduce them. And I think, first of all, I... That's my first point. That's like the most, that's the biggest part of this to me. It's why I say there's no downside. When you look at it from a fan's perspective, I think people don't, aren't seeing that just yet. And they're trying to go, well, maybe the offense won't be great or, or something to that effect. And I don't know that they're able to take the long view and I don't necessarily blame fans for that all the time. I mean, you're, you want to tune it on Sunday and watch the team win, but what are the expectations here? The expectations here are, and I had this number in front of me, John Kahn put this together. Since the year 2000, Washington is 28th in points per game since that year. They've averaged 18, excuse me, 18 times. They've averaged fewer than 18 points per game 12 different seasons since 2000. More than half the seasons, they've averaged less than 18 points per game. The league has gone in one distinct direction. Washington has not. There is a huge correlation there as to why they haven't won 11 games. A huge correlation why they haven't won playoff games. Why they haven't been consistently successful. You don't have a great offense right now. You better be excellent everywhere else, and it's really hard to be excellent everywhere else. The gamble here, the gambit here, is that you're trying to make a great offense happen. Your gambit with uh, putting some talent together, and your gamble on Sam Howell, your gamble on Eric Bieniemy, etc. If it doesn't work you're back in the same place that you were before. Like, this is not a setback to me if Eric Bieniemy doesn't work. I'm confident, by the way, that he'll be better than most of the previous guys going back to Jay Gruden's regime, right? That's probably where the, the, the caliber is at this stage. If this group goes from the upper 20s to, the say, the upper teens, this could be a double-digit win football team. They have not been good on offense since Jay Gruden and Kirk Cousins. And in the middle of that time. Right. You know? Well, yeah. well, Jay Gruden stayed after. He was not with Kirk Cousins. He was with Alex Smith. But the, the final year with Cousins and Jay Gruden, they were statistically a pretty good offense. They have not been good since. Since. That's Smith. That's all the other quarterbacks, right? That's 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. We're talking about some of the worst offenses in the league during that time. Some of the worst passing games of the era during that time. I have questions about fit. I have curiosities about you know, whether or not how Ron views the offense and the football is going to mesh with the enemy. But when you bring him in here and you pay him what they did and you wine and dine him for 72 hours at DC Prime and Passion Fish and all these places out in Reston and Hernan and wherever else they were going to in Ashburn, you got to let him do what he came here to do. I have to believe they're going to allow Eric Bieniemy to be Eric Bieniemy. And for the record, his rushing offenses were actually pretty efficient. I talked about this at length on the show on Friday. I did a lot of digging on this, Danny. And while the Chiefs are a pass-first team because they have Patrick Mahomes, they have actually been a very successful running team. Efficiency, being economical. Now, is that because you had Tyreek Hill over the top or Travis Kelsey work in the middle of the field or the threat of Mahomes throwing? Possibly. 
But here's where they have ranked in running the ball. Yards per play over five years with the enemy from this year on back. Eighth, seventh, twelfth, twentieth, and sixth. Hmm. They have been top 10 three times, top 12 four times. The one year they were 20th. But on average, over a five-year span, the mean is that they have been the number 10 rushing offense in yards per play if you're going with that metric, not yards per game. So the they have run the ball well. They have unearthed guys like Pacheco who have had a lot of success. Yeah, I was going to say they've had a myriad of running backs. I mean, it's it's the pass to set up the run philosophy, right? It's the defense finally is is so tired of getting beat deep. They're so tired of Travis Kelsey going for 10 on a third and seven that stuff is open. You spread people out and you let running backs with quicks get out in space. It's it's the way offense should be. What excites you most about the enemy hire? I want to hear from Danny on that. I've got my answer queued up and ready to go, and we'll take calls at 800-636-1067. Also, there is one thing about the enemy coming to Washington that does worry me immensely, that has given me some anxiety, I will say. Mm. We will discuss that next on Grant and Danny right here on The Fan. Grant and Danny on the fan. Welcome back. I'm going to tell you what gives me a little bit of anxiety as the nerves percolate about the B enemy hire in a moment. Right now, though, we are discussing what we liked most about the team's ability to land Eric B enemy. And I should point this out for Danny, who is the commander, Danny mm. Ruye. Or is it Lieutenant Commander Danny Ruye? I don't know that it's any of them. So I'm at a bar in Wilmington, North Carolina, sitting at a bar. Watching future national Chase Dollander pitch for Tennessee in his opener in college. Potential number two overall pick. Wait, this is this is this weekend? This was this weekend. You were in Wilmington? Wilmington, North Carolina. I thought you were in Raleigh. I went to Raleigh as well, but I went to Wilmington first. I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I drove to Wilmington on Thursday night, did my show from Wilmington. That's where we were staying with my brother-in-law, oh, and then okay. we drove to Raleigh on Saturday for the game. So in Wilmington, at a bar, watching Chase Dallander pitch, uh, enjoying some sport and some buffalo wings. Breaded, by the way. The guys I was with didn't like breaded wings. Imagine that. Imagine being so wrong about and, wings. And what are their names? Christopher and Brian. <laughs> Hi, Christopher. Hi, Brian. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's a terrible opinion, okay? <laughs> Both of you. Very weak. You put butter in your wings. Thank you. Imagine how Wrong, wrong. You can be. That's how wrong they are about not liking bread. Walking wings. around every day, wrong. So I'm just eating the buffalo wings. I'm watching the sport. The, the bartender's name is Mike. Hey, Mike, and he goes, "You guys, uh, you from DC?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "That guy, three seats down, not not." And he's pointing at everyone, very awkward. He's like, "Not that one, not that one, but that guy right there." And the guy's like, kind of half looking at him. He's like, "He loves the Commanders." And I was like, "Really?" He's like, "He comes in here every Sunday and watches the Commanders." And I was like, wow, no kidding. He's like, yeah, he knows everything about him. You ask him who the starting offensive line are, he'll tell you who the starting offensive line is. Wow, are. that's something. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> okay. That's exciting. So then the bar empties out over there. I, I, at that moment, I never planned on talking to him. Sure. But like 40 minutes later, there's no one left at the bar. You're not going to saunter down and go a Sadiq Charles or an Andrew Norwell joke, are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so now it's just me, my two guys, and then him left at this bar. All by himself. The commander. And I just kind of looked down and I said, hey. I said, what's your name? He's like, uh, Phil. I don't know. He's like, Phil. I'm like, Phil, you're a commander's fan? 
And he's like, yeah. I said, I'm from D.C. And he goes, left hand up. Oh, no. And throws his hand in the air. Oh, my God. And what do the two guys I'm with do? Put their left hands in the air and say, who are we? He goes, the commanders. I couldn't believe it. Out in the wild. First of all, I can't believe it either. In the like in Wilmington, out in, in the Wilmington. wild. This guy's not from here, by the way. So he lived in the Raleigh area, I guess, or something. Uh-huh. And that was before the Panthers. And so he was a Redskins fan, but he stuck with the Commanders for some reason. That doesn't under will never under make any sense to me. But he he literally, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm from D.C. And he goes, left hand up. I thought it was the craziest. That's thing. unbelievable. It's happening, Danny. It really is happening. What's not happening? is the appropriate levels of shame. Get that shame, just ramp that shame fader up. So, like, you know, Darius has a lot of buttons and a lot of different things that he could turn up and down, like microphone sounds, microphone glass, or, like, levels of music and stuff. We need that shame fader turned all the way up. That'll put our hands down. You mean the shame bell? Yeah. Turn that up. Microphone glass. That's the one. Thank you, Mad Dog. Let's get some shame back in here. Then once everyone feels ashamed of that, then maybe we'll stop doing it, and maybe... Your guys who put their hands in the air will also start eating breaded winnings. <laughs> yeah. The single biggest thing I am most excited about in reference to enemy to Washington, red zone creativity. Andy Reid is the best in the NFL inside the five-yard line, and he often credited enemy over the years with some of the wacky goal line calls that he would go to that Kansas City used and worked. And I remember one specific play, and I couldn't find it this weekend, which one. But there was a play that they ran for a touchdown that he said Biennemi had seen, and it was one of the military programs, like triple option style, had run it decades before that, and the Chiefs ran it for a touchdown. And he said Biennemi was just kind of going through trick plays and looking for something from college and found that. I want that creativity. I, they got to be better in the red zone. If they're the exact same offense, but they're good in the red zone or they punch it in inside the 10 a lot more often, that's a really big deal. So I'm excited for Biennemi to come here and to pack those trick plays, that inside the five-yard line package in his suitcase with him and bring it on over to the district. I like that one. Mine is that this is cool. I, I know that sounds superfluous. I know that sounds kind of like surface level. This is a cool move. This is a really, really neat thing that shouldn't be happening, but it is. They picked, He picked Washington, for goodness sakes. The, the complaints that people have around the league or, you know, the talking heads or columnists or whoever are basically saying it sucks that he has to go to Washington. That's the level of respect that we have in this league. He took it. He did. He's here. That's the best part about this. Ron Rivera is so desperate. Any port in a storm here. He's throwing life rafts and, and, and you know, trying to find a door to lay on with Rose or whatever the hell he's doing because he knows he needs something to change the energy here. And he got it. This was a moonshot, and it happened. It's cool that Eric Bieniemy is here. We don't usually get the cool thing. We usually get the Zampezi thing. We get uh, a guy that he knows, he knows from Carolina. You got a, a Charlotte area code. You get a job here, whether it's answering phones, calling plays, whatever else. If your buddies with Ron, this case, it finally paid off. It's cool that Eric Bieniemy is here. That's my most exciting thing. I get that. Uh, here's the thing that makes me a bit nervous, and I, I teased that there was some anxieties about this. It has nothing to do with the enemy or even really the football team on the field this year. Why was Dan Snyder so involved, if the reporting's correct on this? Dan Snyder, supposedly, this was Darren Haynes at Channel 9, I think, said uh, he, he went and you know he flew Jason Wright in to be Mariano Rivera. I didn't know he was the closer, but he's Trevor Hoffman, apparently. 
and they're flying Jason Wright in to get this deal struck, right? They're, they're, I, they know each other or they have some relationship and Jason Wright's coming in and Snyder's sending the jet to go get him. So that was the first time we heard Snyder's name come up. Mm-hmm. But I'll even just make it way more basic than that. Let's say that the Jason Wright thing is, is either not correct and or over the top. They're paying big money. As big as you can pay at the coordinating position right before Dan sells. Now, this could be potentially good news if you want to uh, needle it through the vision that they're going to spend in free agency. That they're going to be able to go make a splash if they want to and sign the best right tackle or sign the three great players in free agency because Dan will spend even though he's selling, right? Mm -hmm. Why was Dan involved enough right before he sells when normally you're doing the learner thing where you don't want to add any money to go get Eric Bieniemy to to give him the millions that it's going to take to lure him here right before he sells? I am on record. I'm staying on record. My opinion isn't changing. I think he sells. From this perspective and this perspective only, that of whether or not he's going to sell the team, it would almost be better if Ron came out and said, yeah, we just weren't able to pay Eric what he wanted with everything going on behind the scenes. That would be indicative of yeah. Dan's about to sell and he's not letting us Which makes sense, tap by the way. into yeah, that cash. Totally. Instead, Dan's flying in the team president to try to make sure it gets done and they're paying the enemy top dollar. That's just not always what you're doing. Like My vision that I want slash half think is he's in London right now and he broke up with the team and he's he's deleted everything that says commanders and Redskins off of all of his stuff oh, so because socials, he sees yeah. it and his heart's broken. <laughs> yeah. So like he's not on Facebook. He doesn't want to see her. He doesn't want to see pictures of her because it just it's too hard. He doesn't want to hear the song that he used to hear at the stadium. It's too hard. It's too difficult. Meanwhile, he's perfectly cool with spending a bunch of money for B enemy. Supposedly involved in sending his jets around for Jason Wright. A little bit of a dichotomy there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That, that's a salient point. My only concern, and it's not really one, um, but if I if I have to craft one, I like yours, by the way, is Ron Rivera can't help himself. You know, Ron gives Eric a, the enemy a honeymoon, call it a month, maybe five weeks, six weeks, whatever, and then we're back to doing, you know, run the ball in first and second, set up third and six, punt a lot, bad offense, et cetera. That's my my only fear is that he doesn't let Eric Bieniemy do his thing. Now we've already seen some turnover on kind of the mid level or lower level assistants, and I, I don't I don't say that disrespectfully. I mean guys that are you know position coaches, offensive assistants, some, some folks here and there. There's going to be some turnover in that regard, which tells me early on Bieniemy is allowed to do Bieniemy things. I worry though that that Ron Rivera won't be able to help himself. Like the first time Sam Howell throws an interception, now we have to go back to the handing it off uh, forty times a game. What gets you most excited about Bieniemy in D.C.? Let's go to Paul in Southern Maryland on Grant and Danny. Hey, Paul. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. What's up, Paul? All right. So uh, what excites me the most is, is uh, one word, and that's potential. Uh, the potential that the enemy uh, clearly sees, it, you know, and that made him decide to take this, uh, this job, uh, the potential that he might have similar success to the success he had in Kansas City where he led uh, the league's top-ranked offense the last five years. Uh, Normally, uh, and follow me for just a second here, franchises, they make big decisions in silence. And then we as fans and, and you guys as, as media guys, uh, we speculate. Just like we did with, with Ron when he was on his golf tournament that, hey, maybe maybe the reason that he's taking this, this uh, little excursion is because he knows something that we don't know. 
clearly now, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. It looks like maybe he did know something we didn't know. Well, maybe maybe the reason that the enemy took this uh, seemingly lateral move is because it's not so lateral. He gained the uh, the title assistant head coach, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm excited at the prospect of maybe with, you know, our biggest knock on Ron is that he's got two jobs, and that's one too many. Maybe he takes a step back to only one job, and the enemy makes a move up. So that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, I don't see that. Everyone keeps saying that, and I, I continually am baffled by that. This idea that Ron Rivera has brought in Eric Bieniemy in some master play so that he can elevate himself now to just be the team president of football operations, and then Bieniemy becomes the head coach. You have to win something to get to be the president of football operations. To this point, Rivera as a front office executive has not been good. It hasn't worked. Guys that get to do that, that leave the sideline and go up to the booth, your Mike Holmgren types, have hardware. They have Lombardis. They have Super Bowls. Rivera has not won, not only here, but in Carolina before this. Had one year where he got close to winning something meaningful. That's not a thing, I don't think. I I don't know why people keep suggesting it. I'm not mad. I'm not. Yeah, it's twofold. It's either that one or the once Rivera gets fired, then Eric Bieniemy is going to take the job. It's this weird. I also don't don't get that, and I don't. Why is it necessary now to assume the next leap of the lily pad? No, it's probably sometimes exactly what you're looking at. Like you see a bagel and cream cheese, and you say, well, I wonder if that's a biscuit and butter. No, it's just probably a bagel and cream cheese. It's probably that Eric Bieniemy wasn't calling plays in Kansas City. He wasn't going to interview for an OC job until after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl came and went, and now it's time to interview for these jobs, and there's only a couple of places where I'll call plays. One of them, and only one of them, is a place where my guy, Andy Reid, is really good friends with the head coach. And so he went there. I don't think it means he's going to be the head coach. I don't think it means Ron's getting elevated. You mean to tell me that a new owner in a year or two is coming in here and they're just going to appoint Ron the president of football operations? I mean, again, maybe all of this could happen, but it's going to take a lot of winning to get there. You don't go under 500 a bunch of times and then just get a promotion to run everything without being the head coach. So I don't think people's problem is that Ron has two jobs. I think people's problem is they haven't gone over 500 since he got here. It would be nice to have a winning record once. That's the problem. The problem is it's been three years and we're waiting on results. If he had two jobs and they just kept winning football games, nobody would care. No one's yeah worried. 800-636-1067, the number you want to hop in on Grant and Danny. Double playtime next. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Alongside GW Hall of Famer, Danny Ruye. Hey. I'm Grant Paulson. You are listening to the Fan A. Darius Dameron, Ryan Clary production. On this Tuesday, we are on location tomorrow, broadcasting live from the St. James, I believe. Is that official? Can I say that? Is that a thing that's happening? I'm going to need. Oh, thank you, audience. I'm begging all of you. Please text that. Oh, my God. To you me know what? or to the group. Let's make a deal please. right now, the three of us. We're not going to text Danny. I'm begging all of you, please, to do that. There's a 100% chance if we don't text him, he will drive here. 
So let's all just decide together as friends, as impractical jokers, if you will. Oh, good. We don't tell Danny tomorrow, and he'll get here and go, where is everyone at? There's look, look my eyes. Please, please text me tomorrow. Ryan, look at me. Please text me tomorrow. Please. Danny, now that you're a Virginia guy, yeah. you've moved out of the district uh-huh. through the Commonwealth. That's right. That should be an easy little commute for you. It's, it, is, it is not a terrible commute. Your boy, now you know that my wife is a worker-outer. She's the only one in the family. That's of, not true. Don't, of, no, you, you guys both do. You do your morning hit classes. That works out. She goes to the St. James to do so. The kids are always there hanging out at the, uh, the awesome, amazing. It's a good time, right? Me and TJ Oshi getting our workout in early in the morning That's at right. St. James. Mm-hmm. Everywhere you look, there's a, a superstar player, Vernon Davis, or some random. Like, so I'm always getting a text from her, like, Katie Ledecky's here. And I'm always like, there's always some random superstar. Uh-huh. And, I'm like, and I'm supposed to go get on the treadmill? Oh, that, let, me, let me hop on. That's what you want me to do? Okay. <laughs> I'll be right there. They still the water park there? Of course the, they have the water, the water park. park. Sorry, I don't want to say water. I yeah. was going to say, who said water park? They don't have a water park. Is Woody Harrelson going to be there? Yeah. <laughs> so the the water park, have you heard about this? It's just a bunch of wood chips, and it's a big park. And you go, and you, it, yeah. it's like a ball pit, but it's yeah. wood. Oh, I see. So they have and a, there's water there? They have a water park. No, water just, park. it's water. Oh, it's only wood. You jump into the wood chips. It's a whole park of wood. Mm-hmm. Yep. They do have the water park. Yep, Darius, they do. Uh, but yeah. Good to know. St. <laughs> James will be there broadcasting live tomorrow. Do we know where we're going to be? Because it's a big venue. Where can people come see us? I believe we'll be right there in the front lobby. Oh, that's an easy place to find yep. us. Okay. Right Hard when you walk us. in. There will be some confused. We'll, we'll see some confused expressions. As people roll in and be like, why are these? All right, anyway. Beep. <laughs> Let me go work out. <laughs> I think you like the pizza there, Danny. Restaurants right next to us if we're up front. Is it a, is it a wood-fired pizza? It's wood, wood-fired <laughs> pizza. It's water-fired pizza, yeah. It is time for our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Jeeps from the same people, Box to Box Productions, that brought you F1 Drive to Survive. I've been watching. It's so good. This show rules. Not just the F1 show, which is must-see. It's incredible. Marginal sports, or in this case, non-sports, difficult activities. Have you seen the F1 show yet? Oh, yeah. Drive to Survive? Of course I have. I'm the one who told you about it. I have desperately been trying to get you to watch it for years. Again, you're undermining my credibility, sir. The point of the dude's story is the F1 show is incredible. It's awesome, and it's basically made F1 just skyrocket popularity here in the U.S. Very popular. There's a, there's a, there's a, a, it's basically run now by American investors instead of the old, you know, codger uh, British dude that did, like didn't want it on television or whatever. They've made it accessible. Everyone loves it. So, Galf. Right, which is like a you know probably the seventh or eighth most popular sport on television in the country. Numbers approximate. Goes, we want some of that. We got to get some of that juice. Now I'm sure like real hardcore golf fans that are like, did you see Matt Kuchar on the seventh yesterday? Maybe they don't like it. I don't care about them. This show, full swing on Netflix, is phenomenal. This is what's been missing. It's great. I'm only one episode in. I didn't know that Justin Thomas and uh, what's his boy Jordan, Jordan Spieth. Spieth are best buddies. Best buddies. They're best buddies. God, two best friends anyone can have. Episode in. One in, and you're I asleep. I am hooked. You know what episode two is all about? No. Brooks Kepka. I saw a preview for it. So he's the bad boy. Brooks Kepka is. I gotta. I think I gotta call Valdez and run this by him. I think I gotta take here. I don't like Brooks Kepka. Okay. I think Brooks Kepka comes off like a jerk. He's brash. Yeah, I just I'm not a fan. I'm not a Brooks Kepka guy at all. All right. In fact, 
what was the guy's name who drove the ball like 400 yards and wears a Newsies cap that everyone hates? John Daly? No, 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 no. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau was beefing with Brooks Kepka, right? All right. Team Bryson DeChambeau. The mad scientist who's like mixing potions to try to get on the PGA Tour, doing things analytically. I am out on Brooks Kepka based on my little episode two experiment where I just watched him. He uh, he sits there. You know, the other guy, you know, who I love is uh, Scotty Scheffler. All right. Who's like the best player in the world where we're at right now. I, now, this is as of a year it's plus last ago. Year. I have no idea what's going on. If you told me right now Scotty Scheffler's off the PGA Tour and he's at Live or whatever, I have no idea. I'm just, I'm a year and a half behind you guys. Right, that's how I am with F1. I'm like, did you guys see Monaco this week? No, literally it was a year ago. I just found out that uh, Scotty Scheffler won uh, a big tournament. Well, I found, I found out last night as, you know, after my wife goes to bed, do you know Justin Thomas won the PGA in 2022? I found that out last night. He came back from seven down on Sunday. Scotty Scheffler right. seems like a dude that I, I'm going to root for. That, okay. That'll be my guy. I, I like him a lot. He's just nice and pleasant and treats his wife very well and my kind of guy, right? Meanwhile, Brooks Kepka, he, they, they juxtapose, and, and if I was Kepka, I'd be pissed at the way they edit this. There's basically a back and forth here where, like, Scheffler's like, yeah, you just, you got to leave, you know, what happens at the course, at the course, and that way when you come home, you, you just, you know, you get to be a dad or you get to be a husband or whatever, and, like, he's having a nice hug with his wife, and then you just see Kepka's girlfriend, like, sitting there, like, with her eyes wide, and he's just, like, terse and, like, telling her no, no, no to everything she's asking. And then you just see her like in a cutaway, like interviewing, being interviewed, and she's like, "I just, I just don't know what to say to him when he's not doing <laughs> well." He's not like, like this. Yeah. Great show though, and these shows, in and of themselves, uh-huh. any of them about anything, are made for me. These are my and Danny's. Mm-hmm. I'll give you, I'll give you the ability to also claim this. Thanks. These are my shows, man. Last chance, you following the high school quarterbacks, QB one, any of this. Like you said, I don't care about Formula One racing. Yeah, I am not watching any Premier League soccer anytime do, soon. Do you think this could get you to watch a golf tournament? No, never live in person. I, I'm going to tell you something right now you're going to be mad about. I'm not mad. I'm going to get in on golf. Enjoy it. I'm going to be a golf guy. Seriously, over talk about Paulson. it. Hashtag PGA Tour Paulson. Nothing wrong with that. Enjoy it. I'm telling you, I've never watched Bayern Munich play. I'm, I'm not watching uh, Crystal Palace or anybody. Those uh, all or nothing type shows that that Amazon Prime has done are so spectacular and fantastic. This doesn't make you it's want riveting. to watch them. No, really. So, see, I don't have that ability to as a like I love it like you do, uh-huh. but it's not a standalone. Like I'm watching the White Lotus and then mm-hmm. it's over and I move on to the next. I now am invested. These are characters. These are people. These are human beings. I I want to see Scotty Scheffler. So I want another season of the show. I want I want to do I want a 2023 version where I find out what Justin Thomas is up to like he got married and how was Jordan Spieth's speech like I want that I'm a Justin Thomas guy well I but to me there's nothing less entertaining on this planet than when we tune in and it's Thursday live at Riviera and it's quiet talking we'll do this for another six hours no like that sucks and will always suck and it's I, I'll never get in on that this show. Where I find out about these dudes and they're hitting nukes 400 yards down and backspinning this and you get the occasional uh, story about each other. That stuff's awesome. Who do you like so far? You like Spieth? Yeah, I thought. Now, again, I, I, I know nothing. And that's obvious coming across as, as we're talking. Me either. I thought he was like an arrogant owl. I thought he had a rep as a guy that people didn't like that much. I thought so, too. I didn't and know. Maybe, I don't know anything. Maybe that's. I mean, we've. 
We've seen what he wants the camera to see for, you know, 10 sure. minutes. Yeah, and, I, and I've never consumed any content, so I don't know anything. I think it's episode two. He, like, falls apart in a tournament. He's, like, throwing clubs and stuff. So oh, he really? might have some Maybe of he's a little pouty. In his game. He, I thought he came off awesome in, in that first episode. Agreed. I was a fan of his. Yeah, him and, uh, and Justin Thomas. I'm only two episodes in. So maybe we can get together you're, and eat some popcorn. You're so far ahead of me. No, not much. Uh, let, let's get together and watch it. Let's uh, let's have a little uh, after hours. Watch party in. G&D. Uh, in. Because we're golf guys. Long time golf guy. All the other people on this channel, they just, on this channel, I'm sure it's a channel. It's a channel. Uh, I'm used to the Sirius XM like, a channel. channel thing. This the problem I have, like the junkies do a radio show, but they're not golf guys. Not real golf guys. You know? And JP yeah. and B Mitch, they just have never gone golf. I mean, they talk about playing golf, but they're not golf guys. This show, we golf. Golf like, guys. And we, we know golf. We talk golf. We go golfing. Our handicaps are low. Right. Like I'm a two and Danny's a one. Yeah, like whatever a good number is on that. We are golf guys through and through we should get together tonight to watch it or, unless you're doing something what are you doing tonight no 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 tonight we'll go tonight. We'll, we'll watch it don't you have something to do though i don't is there don't like have... isn't there just like a big plant of glass right in front of you no no no, no. tonight no? we'll watch it you just wait for me and i'll be there hmm. we're gonna watch it tonight hmm. it's gonna be a we'll get we'll get through three or four episodes we'll knock them right out oh i like ripping through shows yeah grant and danny with you on the fan the beltway blitz comes your way next this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com. 